Megan, thank you for sharing that with us this morning. And uh, I know that wasn't very easy. It's always difficult to put your heart out there and share the things that uh, you're burdened with. And so we appreciate that encouragement. It's Mike's church family. It's a blessing to know that we can help. And uh, so we appreciate you sharing with us this morning. And uh, by the way, Megan, that's your poem that you wrote, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, thank you for doing that for us and encouraging us with that message. And um, uh, we just uh, we love you guys so much. Thank you. Um, this morning is Labor Day weekend. We all love Labor Day, right? I've thought about Labor Day a lot in my lifetime. I always enjoyed it as a holiday. You know, we celebrate work by taking a day off. Isn't that, isn't that great? I mean, who else does that? Uh, but it's exciting to know that we celebrate work. God created work. It's good to celebrate it. Uh, <laughs> you know, to me, it reminds me of celebrating the diet at the Golden Corral. Uh, so, you know, how wonderful is that? So, uh, but we uh, also understand as believers that uh, God has saved us and He's called us to work for Him, to labor for Him. And so I want to share some things with you this morning that uh, Jesus said that reminds us of our blessing and our privilege to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And it really is that. I hope you see that that way. It's the great, it's Christian's great privilege to work in the kingdom of God and serve the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Uh, follow along with me, if you would, in Matthew chapter 9. I want to share with you a few verses. Beginning at verse 35, Jesus is seeing something, uh, and he's, uh, it's caught and captured his attention. So he says some things about it that are important. You know, listen, I, I want to... This may be one of the most important messages I've preached to Garrison Baptist Church in a long time. So I really want you to understand where my heart is. It may be difficult at times, but it's okay. We need hard stuff, and we need to hear hard stuff from time to time. But, but I love you, and, and I want to share this with you because I believe it's the message that God gave me to share this particular Sunday morning. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, Then Jesus went about, uh, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Bow with me if you would this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so grateful today for the testimony and the power of your holy word. We confess together this morning, Lord, your word is truth. And your word is eternal, settled in the heavens. And so, Father, as your children, your word guides us. It convicts us. It calls and challenges our hearts to greater and higher service for you. So, Lord, it's my prayer this morning that as we hear and think about what Jesus said, what's understood about Him and about us, that we'll be in agreement with you today and that you'll challenge us, our lives, our time, this generation, your church here at Garrison, to serve you. Father, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You follow along with me, and Jesus is teaching not only his disciples, but 
he's been around the region of Galilee, around the, the Sea of Galilee, and he's been teaching from village to village. That was, Jesus spent the bulk of his ministry, by the way, around uh, the Sea of Galilee, especially in the northern part. He was only in Jerusalem limited times and uh, not that many times during his public ministry. So the bulk of his ministry he did in these villages and in these cities and in these synagogues teaching and preaching the kingdom of God. And so we see him doing that like thing. And, and Jesus then all of a sudden he gives us some understanding. You see, I really believe with all of my heart, I have no doubt or no question that God has left His church here on this earth to serve Him. And if we want a vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if we want all that we can have, then a part of that, a big part of that relationship with Him is that as we share together with Him in serving Him. I I don't think that we can really know Jesus Christ unless we're somehow actively involved in serving Him. That we commit ourselves to something that's uh, out of our ability uh, and trusting in His power to be able to serve Him. You see, it's not faith until we step past what we can't do into things that we know God wants us to do. Then that becomes faith. The Bible says that we live by faith. And not by sight. I wonder if we were honest with ourselves. How many of us could really say that, hey, I'm honestly living by faith? Or how many, or how many places in our life could we say, well, at least that part of my life is being lived by faith? See, it's important that we realize that. Follow along with me if you would. Beginning of verse 35, I'm going to share some things with you. First of all, we see Jesus shared something. That he was constantly sharing things. But two things in particular that I want you to see this morning in verse 35. And one of those things that he shared was that Jesus shared a message. That he was sharing a message. The Bible says that he was preaching and teaching or teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now the gospel we know is the good news of the kingdom of God, isn't it? It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about uh, his life, his Death, his burial, his resurrection, that's the good news. You and I can see that in hindsight, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so what Jesus was preparing the people for was to be ready for that kingdom. The kingdom was near. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God is near today. There's just not a whole lot of people who are in it. And the message of the church today is the kingdom of God is near. You can be a part of it. You, you can be a, a, a part of the kingdom of God. You can be a child of God. Now listen, the reason that we need to share that good news or that good message is, is that there's a whole lot of people that aren't part of the kingdom of God. There are a whole lot of people that are separated from God. You may be here this morning and you're separated from God. The Bible says that our sins separate us from God. There was a time in my life when I knew that my sin was separating me from God. That my unbelief or my lack of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ was separating me from God. God began to awaken me to that truth and that understanding. He began to draw me to Himself, convict me about my sin, uh, and show me how much I needed Him and to believe in Him, and then to surrender my life to Him and repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You may need to do that this morning as well. A lot of things kept me from believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. My, my own sense of self-importance. I thought, it's time in my life when I thought I was the greatest thing. Uh, you know that there was. 
I had to realize that I was probably the worst of all things. Lost and separated from the Lord Jesus Christ. God drawed me, convicted me to believe in Him. To trust Him as my one and only Savior. And I did that one day. Prayed and received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Maybe you need to do that also. You see, that's the message that Jesus was sharing. The only way that you and I can be a part of the kingdom of heaven and, and, and be assured that we're in relationship with God and to know that God has a place prepared for us is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said in the book of Acts, there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I, I think the big answer that has to be settled in people's lives today, do I really need to be saved? Well, well, let me try to answer that for you. Yes. You need to be saved. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. He's your only hope. And that's the message of the good news of the kingdom of God. The message was incredibly important to Jesus Christ. Jesus' life was focused on the gospel. He trained others to follow and to continue in the work of the ministry. He poured his life into those disciples so that they would keep doing what he'd started. Now, that's a sense of urgency, isn't it? And listen, if that's important to God... Surely it's got to be important to His church. Surely it has to be the main thing in the church today is, is the good news of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus focused on that very thing. This message should be important to you and I today. Matter of fact, in Matthew 24, Matthew chapter 24 is one of those end time passages that Jesus shares and and one of the things that he says in this end time passage, listen to what he says in Matthew uh, 24, 14. He says, And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus says that, hey, this is the last thing that's going to happen before the end comes, is the preaching of the kingdom of God, the gospel. Now... You know, if it's the last thing, surely it's the best thing and the most important thing is to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. But certainly to receive that message and believe in it is certainly important. So Jesus shared a message. You know, I think the church needs to be busy today about sharing that message as well. But also, if you look a little bit further in verse 35, Jesus shared a ministry in ministry. That he was involved. You know, Jesus didn't just come to this earth and sit back and train these twelve and say, Now, he did say go out and do this. But he didn't say go out and do it and sit back and not do anything. You know, I, I, hey, it'd be great as a pastor if I could just say, Hey, you guys go out and do this, this, and this. And I'll be waiting for you here at the church when you get finished. Yeah, or you, you go over there and, and you do this and, and I, I'll be here when you come back. Yeah, that's not how God designed it to be. And that's certainly not how Jesus exampled it to be. He was involved in ministry. Look at verse 35. Listen to what it says. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. There's the ministry part, isn't it? 
Now listen, his service to others proved the sincerity of what he was saying. Now I'm not saying you and I have the gifts of healing and, and, and those gifts, but Jesus did. As a matter of fact, Jesus had all the gifts. No one else has had all the gifts, but Jesus did. And so he used his gifts. Guess what? The Bible says that you and I have gifts. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 describes some of those gifts. And other passages in the Bible, First Peter, talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That every Christian, every child of God has, has a, a, a set of gifts that God has given to us so that we can work in the kingdom of God. Now, those are spiritual gifts. Now, a lot of you guys have talents. Talents are a little different than gifts. But they're also abilities that God has given us to serve in His kingdom. Some of you guys have the talent in music. I don't have the talent in music. You know, if God were to give me the talent in music, it would be supernatural. And so, I, 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 don't, I don't have that. So, we take our, our talents and our gifts and combine those together to serve God with. Some of you guys have a great gift of encouragement. You're, you're always encouraging. And listen, I appreciate that. that. That's one of my favorite gifts to receive is the gift of encouragement. You know, it's wonderful. Some of you guys have the gift of teaching. You need to be teaching. Some of y'all have other gifts uh, as the Bible outlines. But, but we're, we're not at liberty to set on these gifts. Or not to use what God has given us to serve Him with. It's not an option. Because God has invested those things in us, and out of that, He expects a return. He's given you this, and so with the expectation that you use that, and that that builds the kingdom of God. And we, we, we all have to be involved in that. If we're not, then we're not experiencing Christ the way He wants us to. Or we're certainly not being obedient to Him. And so there's that need for you and I. To be engaged in ministry. It's easy to say, I love Jesus, I believe the gospel, but what about when believing requires you to be involved? Right? Do you know why those people believed that the message that Jesus was teaching and preaching was real? Because Jesus Christ was serving them. It made it relevant to their their needs you see we got to be involved in the kingdom of God James says that you say that you have faith he says I'll show you my faith by my works by my service yeah it's real easy to give lip service to God isn't it oh yeah I love Jesus I, I you know I worship Jesus I honor Jesus and then when it really costs you and I something, who's there to show up? Who's there to be involved? Where's the ministry? Jesus shared in ministry, and he shared a message. Well, something else, not only Jesus shared something, but if you look a little further in verse 36, Jesus saw something. While he was ministering, he noticed some things, right? Right? Maybe sometimes that's our struggle is because we're not ministering. We're not seeing things that we need to see. And so he, he saw some things. One of the things that he saw, he saw the crowd. Now look, I, Jesus didn't just see the crowd, but he saw the crowd. 
In other words, he just didn't see a, a mass of humanity out there. He saw people's lives. He saw who they were. He saw what was going on with him. Only until we're involved in ministry are we really going to have an understanding of what people are going through today. We can step back and look at it. We can see it on the news. We can see it reported on the television. But let me tell you, we'll never identify with people's needs until we're serving in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus saw the crowd. And, and as, he, as he saw the crowd... Uh, he, he saw so many who needed the kingdom of God. Who needed, who desperately needed that relationship. They didn't realize it, but with Him. And, and He saw it in, in the struggles. Listen, I want to tell you what. We live in the midst of a crowd today. A crowd that needs to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I read some recent statistics about that very thing in the state of Tennessee alone. You see, in the state of Tennessee, there's over seven, or there's seven million people, six point nine four million people in the state of Tennessee. The last sentence, uh, census, uh, it's an estimated four million of the six point nine million who are unchurched. Now, when I use that definition of unchurched, on the other side of that, there's a lot that are included in that church where I question whether or not they're churched. Because there, there may be, uh, to, to some of these pollsters, to be churched may be to go to church once or twice a year. Or three or four times a year. And Come on, is that really what we want to call churched? But there's four, at least four million that aren't in the state of Tennessee. That's a crowd. You, you see, that ought to encourage us. You say, why in the world should that encourage us? Four million people not in church? What in the world's wrong with that? No, it's a bigger target. Right? We've got more opportunity to reach out than we've ever had before. And so 4 million in the state of Tennessee. The Tennessee Baptist Mission Board estimates that 80% of the population of most of the counties in Tennessee will not worship in any church this Sunday. So that means that 20% are, but wait a minute, it's Labor Day. So we got to really qualify that 20% are meeting in church that if you do the numbers on that very thing it's 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 frightening Ray County's population in 2020 is 32,879 out of the 32,879 if you take 80% of that you're looking at 26,303 Ray Countyans that aren't in church this morning now I'm thinking, how can we miss with those kind of odds if we invite people to church? How, how fruitful is the target? I don't mean to be flipping about it. What excuse do we have for not reaching out? You, you see, that means, you know what that means? That means only 6,576 people are in church this morning in Ray County. Say, that can't be. Well, I didn't think it could be either, but I did a little, another little number that I found out as well. And in that number, there's over 160 churches in Ray County. And you divide that into that 6,500 people, there's about 40 people on average in every church in Ray County this morning. 
And you know, I can look around and say, oh, well, hey, we're doing good. We're, do, we're doing good here at Garrison Baptist Church, aren't we? We're above the average. <laughs> you know what that's like? That's like congratulating ourselves for being on the high side of the Titanic. Because it's going down. And if we, the church, don't become involved in our community and reaching out, inviting people to church, telling people about Jesus Christ, discipling our kids, working in service in the kingdom, and how's that going to change? How are we going to make a difference if we say, hey, my time's up, I've served, I'm ready to sit back and ready to take it easy. And so, you know what, uh, let somebody else pick up where I've left off. Who gave you that permission? If God called you to do something, who gave you the permission to quit? Unless it's God himself. Because I don't have that authority. You see, Jesus saw the crowd. It's time that we raised our eyes up and took a look. The crowd that's around us. Not only that, but he saw and he cared about the crowd. See, that motivated him to do something. The Bible says he was moved with compassion in verse 36. It compelled him to do something. It compelled them to reach out. It compelled them to respond to the need that they have. Listen, what do you, what, what's your answer for what's going on? What's the answer for Garrison Baptist Church? I hope I have one for you in just a minute. What are we going to do? If we care, what are we going to do? As believers, as the church. But also, he saw their condition. And that's what moved him with compassion. Listen to what he said. He saw them weary, scattered, as sheep with no shepherd. He saw people struggling. You see, you know why you get weary? Because you struggle. Look, there's countless lives all around our church here today, all around this world, that are struggling. And they're weary. And they need some answers. And they need someone to reach out with some kind of help. It's not always material resources that people need. You see, the Scripture says that they were scattered. They were separated. I think what we need in our world today more than anything else, especially in the light of, uh, of COVID, we, we need connection. Because everything about what's happened in our world in the last year and a half has separated people. Has, has pushed people out on their own. And there's a sense of loneliness and despair in the world today. And what we need to let them know that in Christ we're connected. That we're a part of the family of God. That we're here for each other. That we help each other and we lift each other up. And so Jesus saw that need and he was compassionate about it. He, he saw them as sheep with no shepherd. They needed to be saved. They had no shepherd. No Savior. Look around today. Out of the 32,000 people with 26,000 people not in church today, how many of those do you think that need to be saved in Ray County? 
extrapolate that in the state of Tennessee and in the United States and around the world. People need to know about Jesus Christ and how He unites us together in, in oneness in the body of Christ. How that through loving and caring about each other, we can reach out and help each other. And so he, he had this sense of compassion. Jesus saw something. I wonder if we see that today. The last thing I, I want to encourage you with is that Jesus said something as well. Because <laughs> he didn't keep silent. Right? We can't keep silent either. You see, what he said, first of all, in verse 37, listen. He said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know, he said, there's a problem. He said, there's, there's a problem here. There's plenty of harvest to be harvested, but the, it's, it's on the labor end of it. It's where the problem is, isn't it? That's what Jesus said. There's not, not a lack of people who want to hear the gospel. But what, what there is a lack of is those who are willing to share the gospel. So Jesus said, hey, this is a, this is a problem. You know, for the first time in America, I never thought I'd see it, but there seems like there's more jobs than there are workers. They've got businesses closing because they can't hire anybody to work. It's kind of like what Jesus is talking about. There's plenty of harvest here, but where's the workers? And, and, and so he reminds us that we, we, we've got a problem in the church when that happens. He goes on. He said something else. We need to pray. We need to begin to approach this thing in prayer. He says, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest. He said, it's time to pray. Therefore, pray. He says, to the Lord of the harvest. That's... That's God. It's His harvest. It's His field. And what He's wanting is His workers to go out into His field and begin to bring in the harvest. And so what, is it, what does Jesus say? What's the first thing to do about it? Well, we've got to start in prayer. Listen, Garrison Baptist Church, we've got to start in prayer. We, we, we've got to start lifting up the needs, the ministry, the service, the places that we, we, we have here at church to serve. We've got to start lifting these things up. We've got to lift our community up to the Lord. This harvest field and, and then the world. Start praying for people to be saved. To trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And so he says there's a problem but, and you know we need to pray. But you know, he doesn't stop there. <laughs> and we don't need to stop there either. But Jesus goes on to say, basically, you need to participate. You need to be involved. That's what he says. He says that pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. What's the answer to that prayer? It's when labors go out into the harvest. Go out in, into the mission field, which is outside of the church to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to participate in that. Now, how do we do that? I, I want to challenge you, Garrison Baptist Church. I know I wish there were a whole lot more of our church family here this, this morning. 
But there, there's not. But hey, you are. I want to challenge you, beginning Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, 6.30, I want to ask you, would you come here and would you join together with me to pray? We're going to pray in a couple of different ways. One of the ways that we're going, we're going to pray right here just for a few minutes in the sanctuary. And then I'm going to ask some of you who feel healthy enough and strong enough to, to uh, group up in small groups. And we're going to walk through this neighborhood by the church. And I want to assign you a road and an area. And I want to ask you as a group to walk through this neighborhood and us pray for these homes in this neighborhood. We're going to start at our door. Pray for this neighborhood behind the church. Last time I counted, there was 90 plus homes. I don't know how many. But pray for our neighborhood behind the church. We'll walk through. You'll have a little area. You'll just walk through praying for homes, the families, the people who live there. If you have an opportunity to talk to somebody, talk to them. Uh, it's not, we're not going out on visitation. We're going out praying. And we're going to pray for this neighborhood. And we're going to ask God to send, uh, send those here. Or give us an opportunity to share. So we're going to do that. So at 6.30... This Wednesday, I'll be here, and I'll be waiting. And if you want to be involved, then you come here at 6.30. Now, if you don't feel like walking, I understand that, but you can stay right here in this sanctuary and pray. Because, listen, prayer is universal. Uh, we can put feet to our prayers, and we can put a seat to our prayers, but we need to pray. Uh, we, we, we just need to be praying. And so uh, I, w- I want to challenge you to do that at 6.30. And we're going to pray through... September 29th because September 29th is another Wednesday and that's when we're going to begin our Wednesday night programs as we begin these Wednesday night programs I want to know that we've lifted up our community I want to know that we prayed for our area for Dayton for Ray County before we ever start any kind of work for the Lord Wednesday now with that said Wednesday the 29th we need servants we need people to help. We need some guys in our children's program. Uh, we need guys to support what's going on. So if you want to help and serve in the kingdom, then now you've got an opportunity. Uh, so you decide what you're going to do with that opportunity. Uh, be here Wednesday. Uh, we'll pray. Uh, then we'll do that for a few Wednesday nights, and then we'll begin our Wednesday night programs. So be here at 6.30. So now you've got a way to be able to serve uh, and a way to give into the kingdom of God. So Jesus said, go. Go and make disciples. And that's what we want to do as a church. You see, God's called us to labor. Jesus is trying to teach us how to labor. And what we ought to be doing is learning to labor in his kingdom and for his glory. Bow with me if you would. Let's pray together.